0: Stories of shady topics in history, people being shady towards each other—just stories that we want to tell each other because we're friends and we don't see each other that much. Um, so my name is Laura. Julie's on the other end of the line. Hello. Hello. Uh, and just to throw it all—oh, also we're not historians, so if we say something wrong, please let us know. Um, we would love uh, to open up a dialogue about maybe another perspective because, as we know, if you only get one perspective, it can be very, very dangerous. Speaking of that, segue. We are f- recording this during. Did you say all of that in one breath? I did, and then I had to take the biggest breath in the world. Um, speaking of not being able to take big breaths, uh, the coronavirus is still happening, and we are in self-isolation. I did read an article that if you're starting to get a little panicky about if you have coronavirus, that if you hold your breath and like can hold it for 10 seconds, it means that you probably don't have it oh because it does the one of the first things it does is it restricts your lung capacity and because of that um but we don't know how much our lung capacity really is most of us because we're not you know especially in quarantine because we're not like running around doing half marathons i I also don't want to know that because when i do get anxious it's hard for me to breathe yes Okay, well, um, anyway, so we're going to start, since we're in self-isolation, let's start this podcast off a little differently with a segment I like to call, What You Drinking? <laughs> oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, Julie, what
1: you drinking? She, she didn't tell me this was happening, and I that's fantastic. Um, I'm <laughs> drinking a bullet
0: bourbon. Ooh, nice. Rye. I don't know. I just know it's bullet. Okay. Um, with a is... fancy ass ice
1: cube. Oh yeah. Um, I got I got the like square ice cube, like the flexi thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because we have like the ball ones, but it they're big and they like takes up a lot of room in the freezer. So I just got like a flexi one for the squares. Nice. And now I drink square ice cubes with all my drinks because that makes me feel
0: nice. like a madman. Huh. <sighs> All right, you want to know what I'm drinking? It's the opposite of fancy. Was we're in comfort zone. Um, rum with Virgil's diet root beer. Oh, okay. <laughs> in, a, in a glass that I got at a comic con. Which, by the way, I miss comic cons. I miss them so much. I cannot wait to go to a fucking panel dressed like a superhero. Damn it! They're all the oh, they're all
1: getting postponed, and it just it makes me so sad because my I just think of all of those small business owners that, mm-hmm. like, the con table is where they make their money. I mean, they all yeah. have online storefronts, and please go support them. Um, yeah. I, I mean, Jordan Danae, NYC, um, The Colorful Geek, uh, just, to, just to name a few if, if you do have someone in the, the medical industry or someone that can't wear their rings, um, Ringvelope is incredible. Um, mm-hmm. my friend Jenny invented this product and it's, it's such a wonderful product that really reaches so many people, but not a lot of people know it because you wouldn't think of what's a safe way to keep my ring close to my heart. Cause mm-hmm. I lose my shit all the
0: time. Um, oh, I should get that for my sister cause she's a nurse. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah. But I just I think about the
1: cons. And BookCon just announced that um, they're postponing, and they weren't supposed to be till the end of May. And like that's the moment that I'm like, oh my gosh, this
0: we're gonna, gonna be here a long while. Long. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Fringe was a bit. Orlando Fringe announced their closing, and that's something that impacted both of us very much. Um, even though we're not there anymore, I was definitely trying to go down there for it. I want to be a part of it. I just. Yeah, um, so there's a lot happening. Uh, so this glass I got at um, MegaCon, where I saw Zachary Levi. Zachary Levi, if you're listening, be friends with us. Um, but he, but this, I got a Dunder Mifflin cup, and this is like a glass edge cup, and this one says "dishonor on you, dishonor on your cow, dishonor on your." <laughs> the
1: best part is, a
0: she's moochier. like,
1: I. What's happening? I think my husband is singing in the next room okay all right this is very confusing
0: for me because this is not He's a phrase say. i ever say yeah <laughs> loudly oritating in the next room would be oh gosh that is that accurate is the one thing eventually we'll talk about
1: the shade but that is the one thing I've discovered in the the quarantine and in us both working home together is that when he conference calls with people, it's at full
0: volume, whether he has headphones on or not. Mm-hmm. Well, I, so here's what we'll do: we'll just release this as a self isolation longer episode. Sorry, <laughs> folks. <laughs> We have alcohol. We're chit-chatting. I love, the one thing I do, speaking of Zachary Levi, he's been doing like an Instagram live at 8 o'clock every night, and it's been very, it's the one thing that's kind of a routine now, where everything else, there's no routine. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Especially because I don't have cable, so it's not like, oh, we're going to turn on this show every night at 8. It's like,
1: yeah. So he is like in the process of of turning or creating a like an artist's haven Mm -hmm. in Texas in in his, his place. And I I followed that location as Mm -hmm. well. Um, And I can't say like, it's just so relaxing because it's, it's literally just all posts that are like photos of sunsets and the dogs on property.
0: Yeah.
1: And like Um, you huge
0: fan of Zachary Levi. You're more of a fan because you knew about him, I didn't know he existed as a human until about a year and a half ago. Well, and he's such,
1: I mean, he's such an incredible human. I mean, mm-hmm. he has, I don't understand, been under the radar so long as an actor, but also his involvement in, in charities and just the way that he supports those around him and, and pulls them into a circle, it, it's, it's really remarkable. Um, I have an incredible amount of respect for him. But all of that to say, his dog has eclipsed him for me because his dog is just the cutest, like most expression little thing I've ever seen after my dog, of course. Um, and there's there's a lot of content of his dog on, on their Wildwood page. So um,
0: This is the podcast where I throw shade at Julie because you didn't mention my dog and my dog's a cute little fluff butt. No, so, intentional. No, I'm kidding. I love your uh, dog. Podcast over. You heard here first.
1: My my husband did a, like an hour Facebook live feed of our dog taking a nap the other day. I've watched again. Those. These are all things that happen while I'm working and have no idea what's happening out in the living room.
0: No, I watched part of that, and I would love to do the same with my dog, but my dog doesn't nap.
1: Oh, Penny like burrows into her blanket, and she's good to go for hours.
0: Yeah, no, Dapper, I mean, but Dapper's also 10 months now, so he, he does on that, he does sleep through the night, so he sleeps, like, from 9 to 9, so I think he just stores all of his energy then.
1: Our cat has reached a weight, or an intelligence, or I'm not really sure what, but he (laughs) has figured out if he runs full force across the apartment, it shakes the feeder enough that it drops out, like, two pieces of food. (gasps) <laughs> so at like seven in the morning, he's like, <gasps> and
0: then you hear like clink, clink, <laughs>
1: and then he just starts eating.
0: He's like, "This is the best." I mean, after this quarantine, we will all reach, reach that weight. <laughs> if we run across the house, we'll shake some food loose.
1: <sighs> you gotta get food loose. <laughs> get scraps perhaps I've only had like three sips of this.
0: I know. I'm so So, excited. This is going to be really great by the time we get to the end of this episode. Oh my gosh. Okay. And I am okay. Oh man. And I'm doing something that actually has like a lot of history and dates to it. I'm sorry. Uh, This is a longer episode, but like I said, we may release this in like a different, just different area because you know what? Who gives a fuck about schedules? What day is it? Who the fuck knows? Um, All right. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. All right. Are you ready to hear about Abraham Lincoln's magician? Yes. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Um, I'm really excited for. So, uh, first off, I want to talk about how I heard this story. So, I was at uh, Southeastern Theater Conference for work, and we had a booth, and the booth next to us was this wonderful young man um named cody clark and he is a magician that had uh with uh autism and his whole first off his magic's great i mean if you want a good booth neighbor be next to a magician because he just kept doing magic tricks the whole time so then we just got to see them and it was wonderful um (laughs) and, and and like conventions you're there for like 12 hours so he was next to us but his whole um act is about seeing the world differently through magic and seeing autism differently because there's a lot of and it just like opens up your heart and so he is a and so he's a advocate for that and just very eloquent and like i think every feeder should hire him as as a consultant and um anyway so long story short, Instagram him, follow him, Cody Clark Magic. but he we talked. I talked about um, our podcast a little bit with him, just like, huh? And he goes, oh my gosh, you have to do this magician. Oh, so this that, is the, yeah, so this is Cody Clark's suggestion, um, and this is about Abraham Lincoln' the magician. So uh, his name was Horatio Green Cook, and he was born February first, eighteen forty four in Norwich, Connecticut. So um, once he was born in Connecticut, he moved to Chicago for a little bit and then eventually his family settled in Iowa. So um, he was about 18 when they settled in Iowa. Just something to note, 1844, Connecticut, Chicago, Iowa, all um, anti-slave areas. So by the time he is in his teens-ish, we are on the eve of the Civil War. So, Harry, uh, as his friends knew him, even though his name was Horatio, also bring him back that name. If I have a boy, his name's Horatio. Or if I have another dog, Horatio. Um, anyway, so Harry, as his friends call him, um, he was. Uh, known to be precocious. Uh, He was studious, but also very entertaining, and he excelled at schoolwork. So um, he was also really good at uh, grammar, which I am not (laughs) really good at, Um, and he was comfortable speaking in front of large groups. So in his small town in Iowa, he became a teacher at one of the schools at the age of 17. Because what do you need? You need to be good at grammar, <laughs> go good at public speaking and entertaining and studious. And he was all those things. Um, and he planned to continue his career in education, but at 18, he enlisted in the 28th Iowa Volunteer Infantry um, because, hey, the Civil War be approaching. Um, what's, there are people in this life, and I have I have two nephews that are this way, that are just so good at everything. They're just those people that, like, they're like, I want to learn to do that. And then they're great at it, like, two weeks later. And my nephews, River and Logan, if you're listening, you're not. Um, they're, they're that way. Like, my nephew, Logan, was like, I'm going to learn to juggle. And then, like, a year in, he's juggling on, like, a five-foot unicycle, like, knives. Um, anyway, so... Harry, Horatio, uh, enlists in the infantry and he instantly becomes an expert marksmanship and a sharpshooter. And then he also is very good at this thing called Centurion cursive handwriting, um, which I have to look up, but it is very, very fancy cursive. So it's going to be dead. It's already dead. (laughs) Cursive handwriting is on its way out too. Um, And since typewriters were invented, but not in general use, um, his penmanship skills were actually in very high demand. So although he was a really good sharpshooter, he started to excel the rates. Uh, as, like, y'all, I've had two sips of this rum. He has <laughs> gone through the ranks uh, um, as a with his penmanship. So he's like writing journals and diaries and all of that for and like letters for uh, large generals i don't know if it's the same thing but it reminds me a lot of alexander hamilton and it's like oh i'm writing his journals that whole thing so i don't know if it's the same thing but i feel like it's very close um so also so he's doing this penmanship he's a really good sharpshooter but another thing he comes uh he becomes really good at in these uh camps oh, I just burped. I'm so sorry. I've had like three, I promise. Okay. Is these uh, rope tying feats and escaping from the camp. So he would have his friends um, put his thumbs together around a tree limb, like tie them together and then see how fast he could undo himself before. Yeah. Before, like, just see how fast he could do himself. Uh, Undo himself, not do himself. That's something else. I'm so sorry. All right. (laughs) Let's continue. Um, So a lot of the time, he got to the point where if someone, like, tied his thumbs together around a tree limb, he could get himself um, escaped before the person even, like, turned away. That's how quickly he became, like, he could out undo his his stuff. Um, So... Cook's Iowa Iowa regiment was then sent to Mississippi, where he took part in Major Major General Ulysses S. Grant's siege of Vicksburg. Um, And then they went on to Louisiana for the beginning of the Red River Campaign. Um, And his job at that point was to perform scouting assignments and then skirmishes ahead of the Union Army, um, almost like an agent or a spy. So that was where he was like going towards his, uh, in his career. Then because of his penmanship and writing skills, he was recruited for Ulysses S Grant, uh, to do private correspondence. So he wrote a lot of, um, official documents and that sort of thing. um, for a lot of really fancy people. Um, but his prowess as an escape artist really distinguished him from everyone else. And so he would, um, in these camps, shock and mystify his superiors by quickly freeing himself. Um, He was transferred to the battlefront for Shenandoah Valley to serve under Sheridan. Um, And he also uh, was summoned to the office of Secretary of War, Edwin Stanton, in Washington, D.C., to work there. And that is where he met President abraham lincoln so <laughs> uh so he gets to meet president lincoln and this is um the account of that so uh and i'm gonna actually take oh my sources for today uh this is actually from um i'll, I'll tell who my sources are but this is I from to an article say, I, i'm
1: uh-huh. just gonna say this we're so bad at credit like we're so bad yes. at being like and my sources for today um so, I'm just putting that, I'm just pitting that for a mental to-do list of making sure I incorporate that as part of my shade. Yes. So, like, what are your sources for today, and then
0: what are your future life? Okay, anyway. Yeah, and what you drinking? <laughs> I can't drink for every one we'll, of these. We'll see. <laughs> we record a lot. <laughs> we'll see how long this self-isolation lasts. Um... I did, sorry, side note, I did see a meme that was like, I'm either going to come out of this extremely fit with chakras balanced or 20 pounds overweight with a drinking problem. And I was like, yep, that's... It could go either way. It could go either way. And it depends on the day. Yeah. Um, So, so, all right. So this is from my source, which I will talk about later. Uh, Cook wrote in his diary that Lincoln approached him, firmly shook his hand and said, well, lad, I am informed that you are rather tricky. Cook replied that he was not aware of having been guilty of doing mean tricks. The president responded, well, I thought we would make an investigation. So I like that because it's a little banter. Um, so the group was eager for a demonstration of the young man's ability to free himself from restraints. So a senator or two generals, including General Sherman, tied him up with 50 feet of rope. And then Cook writes in his diary, when all was ready, I asked Lincoln to walk 10 feet away. Then I asked Lincoln to walk towards me. While Lincoln was walking the 10 feet, I liberated myself and stood up, shaking hands with Lincoln when he was close enough. A feat that amazed the president and all others. So, uh, and then taking a $2 greenback of the first issued federal currency from his pocket, Lincoln gave it to me and strictly put me in charge to keep it always. And I was told that he was going to keep an eye on me for something better as I grew older. Then Lincoln said, here my boy, keep this to remember Uncle Abe, By The Johnnies would have, to go, uh, would have to go to some length to hold it if you should fall into their hands. Cook later observed that the mar- remark seemed rather prophetic And it was fulfilled afterwards. So he's already astonished. I just love the fact, so I'll take a moment for that whole story, that they're in the midst of the Civil War, right? And there are these generals and President Lincoln, and they're all gathered around. They're like, yo. Let's tie him up with 50 feet of rope. (laughs) Let's tie them up with 50 feet of rope. We're going to play this game. And they're just all in it, and they just have, because even right now, life is so fucking serious right now, right? But even when it's the most serious that it can be, you have to take those moments of like, yo, can we just tie you up with 50 feet of rope and see what happens? And I just think that's a little anecdote we all need to remember, that even during the Civil War, these high-powered generals and President Abraham Lincoln were like, I want to see this magic trick. I just, I just want to see magic. So look for the in magic. S- in stressful times. <laughs> yeah, in stressful times, look for the magic. Look for it. Um, so, so uh, after this, Lincoln immediately sat down and wrote a letter appointing him to serve as a federal scout. So his job would be to infiltrate Confederate lines incognito and send back intelligence reports. So following that, um, he was detached from his current um, area in the army and sent uh, over Confederate lines. So Cook then, uh, Horatio Harry, handpicked six people to go with him, Um, and Lincoln, although it was an official title, referred to him as Major Cook. And when he wore uh, military uniforms, Cook proudly kept a Lincoln scout badge fashioned over his heart. They're best friends. (laughs) Um, So he was now a part of this um, movement to go and obtain precise information about roads, bridges, um, that would facilitate the marches of different armies. And especially one's um, missions like carried out by rebel soldiers. So they accompanied Sheridan on his Shenandoah campaign in the second week of September 1864, and after a month of skirmishes, many troops um, penetrated and overwhelmed the federal lines at Cedar Creek, forcing a retreat. So Cook was... um, with these enemies and so Sheridan immediately mounted his horse and made his legendary 12-mile ride down the Shenandoah Valley um, as Cook described it to, re- to stop the retreat and rally the fleeing Union forces for a counterattack. attack. So Cook and his fellow six scouts that he has picked mounted up and started with Sheridan but according to Cook they were unable to um, keep up with the general's furious pace because Sheridan was known to be a bit crazy um so they ended up in the nearby foothills and they were ambushed by a dozen confederate guerrillas um so uh and one of them was colonel john singleton mosby now i'm gonna read the rest of this saying the name mosby But I'm gonna still think that it's Ted Mosby in my head from How I Met Your Mother. If you'd like to come along with me on my journey, thinking that Ted Mosby was a Confederate that abducted them, just like if this was the drunk history version of it, and it was played by Josh Ritter.
1: I just don't like. (laughs) uh, I'm. I'm. You. You started it. I'm bringing us on this tangent. He is the only character (laughs) in the entire fucking series that didn't learn anything, that didn't grow, that didn't change. We watched everyone become better people. And then it's like, they realized that and said, you know what, let's, let's just screw up everyone in the last episode
0: so that it looks like he's the better person. Um, that's why I love parks and recreation because every single character grows and changes.
1: I, I, I know that that you don't owe the audience anything. I know that, that people are entitled, but don't don't say that you were developing the series towards that reveal the entire time and be like Uma, oh, well, we already recorded the kids' reactions and blah blah blah. Yeah, you recorded the kids' reactions, but that was a bullshit ending, and they should be ashamed of themselves. <laughs> All that's to say is he's like a he's a great
0: actor, but he is a poorly written character. Poorly written well so is colonel john singleton mosby (laughs) speaking of poorly written characters um so mosby was engaged in savage uh, savage take no prisoner personal war with uh union major general custard um so both men uh custer and mosby were known for executing prisoners of war on the spot so when they were captured the escape artist cook um were they they kind of knew that shit was going to go down like confederate soldiers knew that if colonel custer got them they would die automatically and they knew that if mosby got them they would die automatically um so the union army really tried to get rid of mosby and obviously the confederate army tried to get rid of custer but that wasn't happening so um Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. scroll Then scroll Then. so they had uh yeah so they were like oh shit out of all the people to get us mosby got us um and we also know he doesn't evolve as a character so fuck so um mosby's men took all their money and everything else that looked valuable and also forced them to swap clothes with their captors because uniforms were prized possessions especially for under like underground shady shit because if you then wore a union outfit you could um you know go over to union territory side note when i worked at theater west virginia the show we did was called hunting on the rock and it was about the civil war and my character was a southern bill that was in love with a northerner and he appears on a camp in a confederate outfit and she's like are you really Confederate? He's like, yeah. And then she tears off his Confederate uniform. And then he's wearing a union uniform underneath, which I know for the stage makes sense. That does not make sense in real life. He would have taken the union uniform off to on a Confederate one.
1: Anyway. Wait, does she like tear it off, but sexy or?
0: No, not sexy. More like, I know you're a union soldier. I know you'd never come to my side. <laughs> Um, that it was not the accent that I used. So anyway. <laughs> they switch uniforms. Um, so Cook um so they also took Cook's most prized possession, President's President Lincoln's letter appointing him a scout, which he kept with him as well. Um, and he plead for that for him to be allowed to keep it, and obviously they're like, "We're gonna murder you tomorrow!" Like, no, we're keeping we're keeping your letter. Um, so for more than a day, they all started um, m- marching th- around the Potomac River. Um, and I'm sorry, what the word? Potomac. I just wanted to say it funny.
1: Potomac. I, I only know that because I lived in Virginia. Yeah.
0: Um, And one of of the soldiers tried to fire at Cook, but they fired at him three times, but actually missed him all three times. So I don't know if they were drunk. I don't know if he's a bad shot. Who knows? But there's a record of that. So um, (laughs) Cook learned uh, that their captors um, expected... Like, they, they expected more people to join them the next day, along with additional prisoners. And so they knew that, um, they thought if then, like, if they knew that other prisoners were coming, they were going to do a mass execution and make a big display of it. So they knew, like, oh, they haven't killed us right now, but they're planning on it. Um, so Cook wrote in his diary, it was now up to me to get busy figuring out some means of escape. Now, what is he? He's an escape artist! (laughs) So, the opportunity came at midnight with the changing of the guard and um, the new guard, who is still groggy because he just woke up, um, and he was not fully aware of his surroundings, um, had cook waited for that guard to come through, knowing like, okay, he just woke up, he's going to be a little drowsy, and waited for the new guard to slowly fall asleep. So, as the guard fell asleep, he freed himself from his bindings, and took the guard's rifle without even waking him. And I just burped. And then he freed his companions. Um, And so Cook tried to persuade them to escape to Maryland, by the way, the Potomac River, but half of them couldn't swim. So some of them, yeah, so some of them... um, Fled the other way by land. Uh, Cook and three other of his men did eventually um, navigate the river, strong currents. One of them did die trying to cross the river. Uh, that Cook actually talked a lot about that and how it really made him feel like um, he was responsible for that man's death. But he did, sit, like, he did, everyone would have certainly died if it had not been for him, but that really weighed heavily on him. Uh, the three scouts that went into the wood, the woods that went by land were, were found and executed by guerrilla raiders. Um, but Cook and the last of his men um, actually got captured by a band of federal scouts. So Cook explained that he had been appointed head of the federal scouts by Lincoln himself. So remember, they switched uniforms, so they're all escaping wearing Confederate soldier uniforms. So which, they is a,
1: which is a dangerous
0: thing. Yes, especially when they're trying to find Union soldiers to help them. So they finally do, and they're like, get the fuck away from us. We're going to murder you. And he's like, no, 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 no. Like, Lincoln, Lincoln and I are butts. Like, I promise, I promise, I promise. So they had to have that conversation don't know how the conversation happened, but it must have. So they eventually confirm Cook's identity as who he is. And they they send a search party to find the other people that went by land. um, And they find their trigger warning, but they do find their bodies uh, hanging from trees. So they knew that it actually goes into very graphic detail about what else they did to those bodies, but just know that those people were no more, and they found that out. Hmm. Um, So this obviously angers cook and so him and his fellow scouts vowed that they would never um they would never let this type of thing happen again um and that so once cook learned that he was like once cook had vowed that they never let it happen again he's reassigned as a military clerk which is exactly what alexander hamilton was um in alexandria virginia and um that becomes nice for him because it's a little bit chiller. As we know, that's one of Alexander Hamilton's big big frustrations.
1: Um I every time you? you've mentioned Hamilton uh-huh. in my head, I immediately hear
0: Alexander Commander Hamilton. Hamilton. <laughs> every time. <laughs> Alexander Hamilton. Um, could you anyway, no, I'm not gonna go into it. Um <laughs> so he is now a military clerk he thinks that so that's kind of the end of his military career as it happens so he was a big escape artist and he escaped the ultimate enemy which was the confederate army so because he's a military clerk um he decides to visit his really good friend lincoln um five days after lee surrendered to grant at appomattox he's like i'm gonna go see my friend lincoln so he um on april 14th 1865 cook went to the white house only to be informed that the president had gone to forbes theater to see the comedy our american cousin so cook hurried to the theater purchased his ticket grabbed a program uh, as he entered and stood in the back, as to not disturb the audience, because he was going to see his friend afterwards. Um, Cook described in his diary what happened next. All right. <sighs> I need to drink more. Um, about twenty minutes after I entered, I heard a pistol shot, and at the same moment, a man who I soon soon learned was John Wilkes Booth jumped from the president's box to the stage. He fell, but got up again and shouting some Latin phrase, ran through the scenery and out the backstage door. At first, the audience seemed to think that the incident was part of the play, but someone shouted from the stage, the president has been shot. I think it was Miss Keene; she was one of the actresses, who cried out. At that, the whole audience rose from their seats, many rushing to the president's box. Some started after Booth, who mounted a horse in the alley and fled. These events cannot be fully comprehended from reading a bare statement which I think is a beautiful sentence to end that on. Um, So that is his last, um, obviously uh, experience with that. And Cook retains still till the day he died, had the Ford's theater program from that night, along with the $2 bill that Lincoln had given him years earlier at their first meeting. Right. So, um, with the close of the war cook returns to his home of iowa um and then he starts traveling traveling as a very gifted and clever magician um so much he becomes a spiritualist so this is like you have to understand like mary todd lincoln was big into spiritualism the uh what's her name winchester was bit. it was like a huge movement oh, yeah. at yeah time yeah so he becomes one of those mediums and spiritualists um, and But he used to be a really, really, really good escape artist. So because of that, he um, there's talks that Harry Houdini and him used to talk a lot about escape artists. Um, and in 1907, Cook moved to Los Angeles with his wife and two daughters, and he then gave up being a touring magician. Um, and then... Yeah, and in the twenties, uh Harry Houdini visited Cook's home in Los Angeles. And then Houdini had set out to write a book on spiritualism and was clearly fascinated by Cook's exploits as um a medium and clairvoyant and also yeah, and so in his book, A Magician Among the Spirits, Houdini went out of his way to credit Cook for his work in exposing mediums. Um, and then on May first, nineteen twenty four, at age 80. uh, Harry Cook um, reprised his, so he's 80, reprised his most memorable feat. And so for a collection of Los Angeles area magicians, he escaped from 50 feet of rope, just as he had done with President Abraham Lincoln some six decades earlier. And for the performance, Cook wore his Union Army jacket with his Lincoln Scouts badge over his heart as he had done during the Civil War. Um, And then six weeks later, Harry Cook died in his sleep. And he was billed at that point as America's oldest living magician. And that is the story of Horatio Harry Cook.
1: I love that. I loved that story so much. But it it just, like he astounds me because throughout that story he is coming into contact with so many people that we know in history and I've never heard of this person.
0: Like what a fucking movie. Right. I want to watch that movie.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. My gosh. Yeah. Oh my god, Laura, you drank the whole thing.
0: This is water.
1: Oh, you have a different glass. You have two glasses. <laughs>
0: oh boy. <laughs> Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I have two glasses that look very similar. One is full of water, which is transparent. All I saw was an empty pint glass, and I was yeah. like, hello. This one <laughs> is my Dunder Mifflin glass. This is dishonor on you, dishonor on your cow. Um, Laura. hmm What are your sources?
1: Oh, shit.
0: <laughs> um, my main source, so I did use Smithsonian, um, Smithsonian Magazine, which, like, I love, love, love. Oh, yeah. I get um, all of
1: these stuff
0: from them. Yeah, historynet.com. And then the main one where I got all my pull quotes was Friends of the org. So, and they have, um, that's a really cool, uh, I never had been on that website before, but that's a really cool one where it talks about Abraham Lincoln a lot, but then all the people affected by him. Mm. And then it goes yeah. to, that's, it was, it's a, it's a nifty, almost like an online museum of Lincoln's life, because it's not only about him, but then all these, like, different sources of other people that were influenced or, you know, related to him in some way. So, yeah, those are my sources. I love it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um.
1: What is your future light?
0: So my future light, Um. we've gotten a little deep in a few of these. This one's pretty... Um, not as deep. Uh, So there is a game that I'm obsessed with. It is my favorite game in the history of the world, which is saying a lot because I love games. I love board games. And this is called Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. And it's um, a little bit of a longer game. It's a cooperative game. And it's like a choose your own adventure kind of game. Not like D&D where there's, but like there's a map. So you get a case, and then there's a map of London, and then as a group, you're like, we're gonna go here, and then you go through the case book and you go to that place, and you read the selection. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, I've always wanted to play it, but it's not like, oh, I'm gonna have a game night. It's not a party game. It's like, let's fucking do this. Um, so, you have to be committed to a game night. Yeah, it's exactly. It's not casual. Yeah, especially you have to be committed to this game, and that's the only game you're playing. Um, so... Things being the way that they are, I am going to try to do a game night of one of the cases tomorrow night via Zoom, where I scan all the the stuff. And I'm sorry, s-
1: audience, this is the moment I realized I wasn't invited to a virtual party.
0: Um, I was actually going to invite you after this, if you were free. <laughs> but I wanted to see your reaction too, so...
1: We'll put a pin in this and discuss this offline.
0: Yeah, but it's tomorrow. tomorrow. tomorrow But anyway, I think, but it may, it may not work, but I think I can scan all the materials people need to look through and then I will be the one who reads what happens when we go different places. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So we'll talk about, it. you're invited. I was just going to wait till this moment to see how you reacted, which is
1: <laughs> exactly how you expected, because I react on impulse time. Yes, I love it. <laughs> um, my future light is, you know, it's so funny because the arts are always like the last thing that receives money, but all I see right now is people making their art and their culture free like Mm -hmm. you know so much streaming theater and improv and you can. but also j store yeah j store is free right now um new york public library opened up their online access and also so many yoga studios and Mm -hmm. and workout facilities are opening up their things for free or discounted rate and and I think it's important to acknowledge like these people aren't ambulance chasers. They're not taking advantage of the situation by being like, Hey, we're going to offer our online workout for this price. It's the fact that like my, my gym that I go to that I adore, they on their own emailed everyone and said, Hey, we're freezing everyone's membership. Mm -hmm. We're not going to charge you while this is happening. But if you want to do this online thing, which is a third of the price you're welcome Mm -hmm. to, And so it's just, it's stuff like that, that I'm like, the people that are the first to have money taken away are also the first to generate their time and whatever Mm -hmm. they have to offer. So we're like the the cockroaches of the post-apocalyptic world. (laughs) Like we
0: will survive. Uh, Do you know who's actually being very good about that, weirdly enough? And I don't know if it's every Planet Fitness, but my Planet Fitness is phenomenal. Like they messaged everyone and said like, hey, it might just be mine, but I think, I think it's like everyone's whatever. Um, But they said, hey, we couldn't catch it in time to stop this draft, but we will reimburse you for any time, any money that we are closed that you are not getting like to come in, which is like, they could easily be like, here's your, you know, sorry, we're taking your 20 bucks. And it's also not like Planet Fitness is $70 a $70 membership. So in theory, they could easily write it off. And then they not only did that, but then every single day they go, Hey, here's your workout from home if you want it. And it's like not a workout from home that you still need a gym to do. It's truly like people sitting in their home going like, okay, and then you're going to get on a couch or a chair or something at this height and do this. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's
1: really phenomenal to see the way that people are trying to connect Mm-hmm. emotionally mentally metaphysically <laughs> with with everything going on and it it does it gives me hope
0: mm-hmm. well friends tell us what gives you hope please like honestly like write us historical at gmail.com and like we'll read it um especially because this like it's so funny that this will be a moment that people talk about in history like this will be it and maybe, like, weirdly enough, years from now, people will be like, oh, this podcast happened during it. And then they'll, so send it, well, it'll be a little time capsule. Send us what, like, you're hopeful about how you're feeling, all that fun stuff. Um, Because this is a historical moment. And if you want someone to say it out loud, we'll say it out loud. We may have too much rum while we do it. Mm-hmm. Or, bourbon, or, whiskey. or bourbon or whiskey or tequila not, or yeah. not so much wine wine um
1: wine hurts my stomach now
0: i wake up with wine now like i'll go to sleep for like three hours and i'll wake up and it's the sugar content because i'm old Julie. Oh,
1: wine makes you wake up okay, yeah the, you had like a misplaced modifier there and it sounded like you were saying i wake up with wine like i wake up and here's my wine and i was like oh, Laura. <laughs> no 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 I,
0: I with wine i wake up in the middle of the night
1: yeah, it probably, yeah, because I, I honestly, I, I fucking love chocolate, but I honestly don't have a lot of dessert stuff, because I'm also, like, um a dessert snob, like, I can't mm-hmm. do, like, grocery store chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. My husband will, like, nod down on it, and I'm like, no, no, good for you, I can't, yeah. no, thank you. Yeah. All right, well,
0: eat your grocery store chocolate chip cookies, listeners, or eat ones that you made from home or don't eat chocolate chip cookies or eat them live your life is all i'm saying but do it inside your house
1: and wash your hands and
0: wash your hands bye. bye
1: historicalshade at gmail.com and you can follow us on instagram at historical underscore shade or facebook at historical shade we don't have a twitter thanks julie <laughs>